There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello. Hello. Something unique just happened in the decades we've known each other. What is it? I showed you a Beatles thing that you genuinely <laughs> seemed interested in. I really was as well. It was the first time it's ever happened. <laughs> it was really amazing. <laughs> I didn't have to fake a thing. I didn't play over. It was, you're right. It was quite the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It goes to show, doesn't it? Yes. You can. You, you think you're in these long relationships and... The magic goes, but you can just int- introduce something in yeah. and look where it gets you. I just showed Annabelle the clip from the uh, Peter Jackson Beatles Get Back that everyone's going nuts for that. I, I think even if you're not as obsessed by the Beatles as, as I am, it's been pretty difficult to avoid these past few weeks. It's a new series on Disney Plus, and I just showed the Annabelle the clip that people have been going crazy for on social media of Paul McCartney really just conjuring get back out of thin air, mm. which is is something to see. But as a musician yourself, Anna. No, yeah, I mean, the time that I wrote A Little More Hairspray, the song about Richard Maidley, many years ago, it was a very similar process I went through. So I, I could really relate. Yeah. You used to write some great songs for the radio show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Necessity was the mother of invention, just like with the Beatles and Get Back. Mm. They set themselves this limit, uh, this deadline of three weeks to write an album's worth of songs. So they had to come up with them, just like you, yep. when you wrote classics like that mm-hmm. and all the others. Oh, all those other ones, yeah, yeah. Dead Dogs Memorial. Oh, yes, yes. We watched the video of that recently, didn't we? I didn't think it was terrible. I no. quite, quite enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this, this, uh, this, this will be meaningless. To some of the people listening. Yes, sorry. And maybe a nice trip down memory lane for some of the others. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Um, hello. Welcome to the latest Adrift. Never used to say anything like that, do I? No, that's a new thing. You're trying something out new? Or? No, I just uh, was collecting my thoughts oh, and right. buying time while okay. I uh, said something. Um, on the subject of keeping your relationship fresh, mm. my wife and I have of late been introducing a little bit of cosplay into our marriage. No, what do you mean? Not in the upstairs bit of the house. Sometimes. <laughs> okay, keep it clean. Sometimes and, the and, room you're sitting and, in. Oh my God, need some bleach. I think people know what cosplay is at this point. I feel like 
most people yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Is it short of a costume? Yes. Oh, yeah, just checking. It's, it's dressing up. Mm-hmm. It's. I think. Think. Really, it's make believe. But the reason we've been doing it is we've been doing the Succession podcast, so we've been occasionally dressing as characters <laughs> from Succession for the podcast for for social media. I'll oh, be honest. okay, okay. Take pictures for social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've quite enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Are so, you? Is it, do you do Tom and Shiv? Is that your? The well, duo? That, that's the, the the podcast is the the artwork is me and her as Tom and Shiv. Yeah. But um, we did one a few weeks ago where she was Logan. What? And, How did I miss this? Oh, did you not see this? No. I'm going to try and find it in my phone because I think you'll like it. She was Logan and I was um, Adrian Brody's character. Oh, him of the many layers. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, amazing. There you go. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, love it. Very good. So as you can see, I am wearing um, a body warmer or a gilet. Body warmer seems to have gone out of fashion as a word. I still call it a jerkin, but, you know, jerkin. it's being difficult. It's a bit medieval, that, <laughs> Yeah, that's it? why I say it. I like it. And, um, and and many layers. And Sarah is wearing a Logan Roy style hat and sunglasses. Now, most of this we didn't own. Right. So I went to uh, the, the big shopping precinct, Westfields. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, hell. Oh, Ooh, everyone all right? Oh, goodness oh, me. goodness. That was almost a disaster. Second time something weird like that's happened today. Mm. I say weird. That I actually just knocked a computer over. The time before, though, an award fell from a shelf onto my computer and Sabotage has been able to start the podcast on time. Do you think that's a metaphor in any way? I'm sure it is, but yes. I haven't quite figured out yeah, what it is yeah, yet. Yeah. Think yeah, about it later yeah, at, yeah. at night when you're trying to sleep. Yeah, yeah mm. and then, then I won't be able to sleep. Mm. Um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, so I went to the clothes. shopping precinct to get, yeah. get these clothes. Um, and then we, I brought them back. I didn't take any of the tags out. Oh, that trick, yeah. With the intention of Sarah then going and returning them. Mm. Because I hate returning anything. Even if I have legitimate reason. Because you feel it's in some way a critique of the, the clothes that they didn't make. No, more that. I feel it's a bit like show us your papers. You know, that that I'm going to get caught out. Okay. That one of them is going to produce a screenshot of Twitter and say, I put it to you, sir, <laughs> that you did not buy the wrong size. Have you ever seen them sniff the clothes? No, does that I, I've seen it happen. I've wow. seen it happen. They sniff it to check you haven't been wearing it out. And I think someone once got confronted. Well, this smells very strongly of perfume, they were saying or something. Yeah. They sniff the armpit area to see if it too strongly of de- smells too strongly of deodorant. Anyway. Uh, wow, there was mm. none of that. Right. Well, th- wait till that happens. Then you'll find it stressful. That seems like a very subjective test. The smell test. It doesn't seem to me like it would necessarily stand up in court. No. If you wanted to uh, appeal. Yeah. Good point. Anyway, um, I really hate taking things back. So Sarah put them all in bags and, and uh, carved out a little time in her schedule to take them back. And then on Sunday, she made me a deal, which, I mean, listen to this for Hobson's choice. I could either accompany our son to a children's birthday party mm. or... I could go to the shopping precinct and take all these clothes back and get refunds. Oh, I would go for that. Which is what I did. Yeah. Just because interacting with other parents is ultimately more terrifying to me. Mm. But it it's my worst nightmare because I, I don't I don't like anything in the realm of making a fuss or making a complaint. 
And that's what it feels like to you. Yes. With the added element, like you say, of them being suspicious. <laughs> Probably not. So when I got to the front to take that jerkin, that body warmer, mm. that life preserver, <laughs> as they kept referring to it as back, in Back to the Future, I did think maybe I could hang on to that in case there's ever a Back to the Future party, but <laughs> I'm not really much of a Marty McFly. No, I don't think, yeah. you'd be more of a doc at this stage, wouldn't you? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, that hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I hate always, to break it to you. <laughs> no, it hadn't occurred to me. I always see myself as, if I had to pick a character in that film, the, the, the one with the most similar traits is probably George McFly. Oh, right, right. But you're mm. right, at this, this point in my life, mm, mm. maybe it is Doc. How old's the guy who's running for mayor? Could I be him? What? No. What? <laughs> There's a guy who's running for mayor. Is there? Yeah, and then he's been re-elected in the present day. Are you getting confused? <laughs> or is that Greece? I did. In Back to the Future? Yes. Oh, I don't remember that bit. Sorry. Wilkins I've got in my head. Well, I'm sure you're right. Or Dinkins. I thought you were going... Dinkins was the mayor of New York. Was the reason for the main part of my confusion was that I thought you were talking about real life. I thought, I don't know about any mayors. What's going on? No. You're talking about Back to the Future? Yes. Okay. No, sorry. No idea. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, you're quite quite right, uh, Doc Emmett Brown. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll keep, that in the, uh, keep that in the bank. Okay. Not that I ever want to go to a fancy dress party in my life again if I can avoid it. <laughs> I like my cosplay in the house, right, right, behind closed doors. Anyway, so I, I, I turn up at the shopping precinct with these bags from three different shops, and I instantly feel like I've never shoplifted, but I, I feel like how I imagine a shoplifter would feel. In that, I have borrowed clothes for a silly photograph for social <laughs> media, and. I feel that somebody would only need to look at my guilty gate <laughs> to be able to determine this. Just by the very way you walk, yeah. they would be like, right, yeah. I need to sniff the armpit. <laughs> so I get to the front of the queue and I say, oh, I'd like to return these, please. And the young woman working behind the till says, can I ask why? No, she asks why. Yeah. So this is this is what I was not expecting because... I mean, Sarah's borrowing clothes, wearing them on TV and then taking them back all the time. Is she? Oh, yeah. Photo shoots, all kinds of things. What, just leaving the labels in? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Getting someone to tape them down. Really? I think so. I mean, you'd have to ask her. But <laughs> a, So I think she's very adept and she'll go back to different branches. You know, she'll, mm. uh, she's got a, uh, some kind of rotation system going. But, <laughs> but I really froze in the minute. And you didn't know what to say? No. So what did you say? I said, my wife doesn't think it suits me. Oh, no, you went for a story, <laughs> an elaborate... You could just say, don't fit. Why didn't you say, don't fit? Because then they would have said, well, should we see if we've got them in another size? <laughs> no, they don't do that. They don't do don't that. They? Like they don't they? If didn't... I was working in a shop and I saw some suspicious looking guy <laughs> shuffling in with many bags <sighs> and, and a whole bundle of receipts looking guilty... That's the first thing I'd say. I'd, I'd try and call their bluff. You came that close then to going home with the exact same items, but in a bigger size, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, my wife doesn't think they look good on me. But what oh, I liked was even, even in my lie, mm. I'm kind of pathetic. You're not taking any responsibility. And under the thumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Annabelle. 
how's the inbox? Have we been hearing from drifters? Got we, some stuff? We have. First, one, first one's from Paul. So Is it Paul Newbegin? It is. How oh. did you know? <laughs> I just feel very warmly towards yeah, Paul Newbegin. It is, it is. So I'll set the scene. My friend is working in a very customer-facing role in which he and his colleague would spend time concentrated on one time with the customers, on one-on-one time, sorry, with the customers who would pre-book appointments. The day in question was just like every other payday Friday, an occasion they marked by ordering a takeaway in for their lunch when they had no appointments coming up. Earlier that week, they'd received a leaflet for a new Mexican restaurant in town, a buy one, get one free offer, meaning they decided to push the boat out and order two meals each and share the four. As an appointment with a customer reached what my friend assumed was the halfway mark, he signalled his colleague to sneak off and order said takeaway. A mere five minutes later, more of the family arrived and began asking several more questions, offering opinions and going over topics previously covered, stretching the meeting right out. Cue the takeaway van to arrive, signalled by the Karacha car horn directly outside the window. In burst, not one, not two, but three individuals all dressed in full mariachi-style garb and one sporting a rather stereotypical sombrero. They walk straight into my friend's workplace and begin to sing and make a bit of a fanfare to deliver the food. Suddenly, the deliverers clearly realise where my friend worked. Yes, you guessed it. He worked at a funeral director's. <laughs> the family in question had lost a beloved relative and were clearly very emotional, going back all over the detail and planning it in depth. To make it worse, the lead operative clearly wanted to try and repair the situation and offer the family some free food as a condolence. Safe to say, it didn't land. Aside from dealing with the family, my friend remarked the biggest problem he and his colleague Hag had was that once they got around to trying the food, it was actually really nice. So every time they ordered it in future, they had to phone ahead and ask for the non-Mariachi delivery option, living in fear every time they ordered. (laughs) And this is from Chief Petty Officer Emma Woodhouse. My brother had organised a family meal out to celebrate my niece's first birthday. There were going to be 12 of us meeting at an Italian restaurant in Darabi, the market town where my brother lives, about five miles from our parents' house. As I live with my husband and kids about 70 miles away, we were staying the night with my parents and called in there on the way. We had 45 minutes or so to kill, so my mum showed us the menu for the restaurant. Let's call it La Vespa. And we talked about what dishes we fancied. Most importantly, there was a lengthy discussion about where the restaurant was and where we should park because it was market day and would be busy. My dad described in great detail how it was down from the butchers and opposite the bike shop, even though it was a small town essentially based around a market square and there are not that many restaurants. We set off separately from my parents as they were collecting my elderly grandparents on the way and my sister-in-law is notorious for running a little late, so it wasn't a big surprise that we were the first to arrive. However, the restaurant was empty and there were clearly no tables set for 12 people. The waiter said they didn't have a booking and speculated that it might be made at one of their other restaurants, apparently a common problem. Don't worry, he said, and set about rearranging the tables for us. It did briefly cross my mind to call my brother to confirm we were in the right branch. But having had such detailed conversations with my parents, I dismissed it. We sat down and ordered drinks and got some things out to entertain the kids. There was a bit of a chat with the waiter about what we were celebrating, but there was still no sign of my family and it was now 15 minutes after the booking. I sent a message to the family WhatsApp. It's definitely La Vesper in Darabi, isn't it? They seem surprised to see us. My mum replied, yes, you were in the wrong Italian. One on the corner was the was the NatWest Bank, followed by, sorry, no, it's Franco's. Uh. 
Not only were we in the wrong restaurant, despite extensive discussions about the menu and where it was, we had made them rearrange the tables and give them the hope they were getting a big lunch group in and they're essentially empty restaurant. Oh, no. And to make matters worse, it turns out there is a bit of beef between the two restaurants, having been set up by two brothers who don't quite see eye to eye. Oh. <laughs> we had to tell the waiter we were in the wrong restaurant. <laughs> he inquired if we were meant to be in one of their other locations. I would have said yes, but my husband just went, oh, no, it's the one up the street. I was mortified. Why didn't he just lie? We apologetically paid for our drinks, which we hadn't drunk. I left a hefty tip to assuage my guilt and we skulked out very, very apologetically. Needless to say, we can never go there again. <laughs> Perhaps this shows I'm not a fully fledged drifter as I didn't feel obliged to stay and eat a meal at the wrong restaurant. We did have a lovely meal in the right restaurant, even though I kept thinking about how we'd inadvertently ruined the other waiter's day. Oh, that's, I mean, I, I did, did wonder if it was going that way. Right. The signs were there. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love any story which involves skulking out. Yes. Yes. If, if, if that shakes anything loose for you, if you want to send us an email, um, the email address as ever is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Where'd you go with this way in which you're not a fully functioning adult after after last week and the return to the old school? Where'd you go from oh, there? Oh, yes, of course. I'd forgotten about the big speech. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go to food this week. Mm. Now, there's a trigger for this and I'll come to that last. I'm going to tell you some things about me and food and I want you to tell me if it's normal or not normal okay. and if you do it too. Great. Okay. The first one, I'm going to start with one that I've never told anyone else ever. I love this stuff. It's a secret. Okay, I won't tell anyone. (laughs) I've got myself into a position where I can't go a day without something sweet. I think that's pretty normal. Lots of people are in the same boat as me. Yes, I'm now in that position. Okay. A lot's been spoken about sugar addiction. addiction, You know, there are many of us out Mm. there. There is always something sweet in my house. At the moment, it's Bendix Bitterments and the Sour Watermelon Candy Kitten Sweets. The Bendix are in the fridge because I like them cold. The candy kittens are hidden in a drawer in my bedroom. Mostly so my son doesn't see them and want them, but also because Tom is quite judgmental about my sugar habit. So I eat them in secret. But I do think that is not that abnormal. I think there's a, yeah. there's a lot of yeah, us yeah, secret yeah. eaters out there. Yeah. Okay, what I'm worried is maybe slightly out of the ordinary. We'll see. If I go and stay at someone's house, it doesn't happen a lot, but if I do... I panic that they won't have any sweet things for me to eat when I need to eat them or that I have to ask or that there won't be a shop nearby. So I hide something in my bag. And I mean really hide. I mean, I don't hollow hollow out a book or anything, (laughs) but maybe I'll hide something in a sock and put that sock in a concealed pocket because I'm too nervous that I'll be stuck somewhere without my sugar fix. I don't do it, but I don't judge it. I respect it. You respect it. Respect do you it. think it's organised? Yes, I do. I do. Okay, okay. It's a level. It's it's like a like being in the scouts or something. It's a, a preparedness that okay. I really respect. Okay, right. I feel better about that one. Let's move on to the next one. I'm also. You like? Do you remember um, on Come Dine with Me? There's that lady who took a bottle of spicy sauce everywhere with her. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit like her. Yeah. I am a bit like her. I never yeah. thought about that. Right, next one. 
I'm also interested to know if the amount that I think about food is normal. So would you say it's normal to think about food pretty much all the time? Yes. Or for okay. me anyway. I yeah. think not for everyone. Some people just see it as fuel. Mm. I wish I was one of those people. No. But it's a, a lot of what I'm thinking about at any given time. I wonder whether it's how far ahead that I'm thinking that feels wrong to me. Okay. So last night I was watching Succession. Yeah. It was the Kendall's 40th birthday party episode. And I was really looking forward to it. And I was loving it. And I was finding it both very funny and very sad, which are two of my favourite things combined together. <laughs> and I'm totally absorbed. Until I realised that I drifted to thinking about what I was going to have for my lunch tomorrow and even more pathetically, what time I would have it. (laughs) Normal or not normal? I'm trying to think. What's the furthest you've thought ahead about what what you might eat? I think it tends to be when I wake up, I think about all the meals I'm going to eat that day. But I think I have thought about lunch the previous day but not necessarily something i'd be having in my house oh. you know, i think oh, i might go somewhere i might go i wonder yeah. if this place is open i don't think about it in the morning i think about it at night as i'm going to sleep i'm thinking about what i'm going to eat the next day it just feels, it feels so disgusting to me i don't know why <laughs> okay next one when i'm dishing up food for me and tom something i've cooked i'm insanely rigorous about equal portions and i count each spoonful that goes onto the plate so i'll go one one two 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 and i've been known to count the amount of broccoli and tofu for example on each plate to make sure we've got an equal amount each although i can just about cope with odd numbers i have i don't cut a piece of tofu in half to make it exactly what even. do you do in the odd number situation i just I, I tend to if i can i'll think well he's got eight broccoli and nine tofu and, and like, i've got you know it, so it's that it way. Yeah, yeah 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 and i've got the other way around i think i'm sometimes that meticulous but rarely okay and then I will, even though every fibre of me is saying don't do it, I'll always give the extra spoonful to the other person because oh. I want to be, because not because I am a good person, mm. but because I want to be a good person. Right, right. i tell you what I do, and I've only just realised I do this, is I do it exactly evenly. <laughs> and then I present the two options to Tom and say, which one do you want? And he picks the one he thinks is bigger, but they're exactly the same and he doesn't know. <laughs> Oh dear. Again, I'm such a great person. I always try and pick the one that looks smaller out of graciousness, even oh. though I want the bigger one. Oh, but Tom's different. He picks the one he thinks yeah, is bigger. He's not, he's not great. No, he's <laughs> not as great as you. Okay, <laughs> lastly, and this is not me, but Tom. Do you remember when he bought the eight-year-old girl who lives next door a box of milk tray for her birthday, <laughs> like she was his lover or something? Yeah. And then I mean, I it was a bit weird to break in in the middle of the night. <laughs> Well, I then got paranoid the parents were going to put bars on her windows, <laughs> stop climbing in through the night dressed all in black. That was, for any young or non-British listeners, that was the milk tray advert. It might sound more sinister if you didn't know that. That was the advert. Well, And all because the, the lady, lady loves, loves milk tray. All because all the because eight-year-old. The young lady, the young lady loves <laughs> The little girl. <laughs> well, Tom was in charge of our son's advent calendar this year. And I'd messed up last year and I tried to buy one on December the 2nd and it turns out that's too late. So I had to make my own and never have you seen such a mess. So this year Tom was in charge. He got the advent calendar and I think this is weird and I want to know if you agree. The advent calendar he got for our four-year-old son was a lint one. 
I think Lindt is a luxury chocolate. Like this is no different from getting a four-year-old a Hotel Chocolat or a Charbonnel A. Walker or a <laughs> Paul A. Young or a Bouja Bouja or a Ferrero Rocher Advent Calendar. Weird or not weird? What do you think? I think it's weird. I'd be interested to hear how much he struggled to find one. Because last year, I I went looking. I think on the last day of November, couldn't find one anywhere and then got the last one that they had in Marks and Spencer's, which happened to be, I think, like a science museum. It was, it was an, a solar system advent calendar, which was weird. This year, I tried to be a bit more organised and went to try and find one on about the 26th. And all I could find was the £2, very basic... Cadbury's one, which thinks a bit too much the other way. Um, well, I don't know. I think for a four-year-old, I think that's entirely appropriate. I did. It's, ask- not, it's not an aesthetically pleasing object to have in the house. No, but I wouldn't want anything as fancy as lint. So I think it is weird. Mm, I did ask him why, and he said it's on special offer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he got it cheap. And how did that make you feel? Fine. <laughs> what are you having for your tea? What my- <laughs> I know I'm having. I'm having a lentil bolognese. Oh, yeah, yeah. What about breakfast tomorrow? Breakfast tomorrow. Well, the usual porridge. Lunch. Yeah, lunch. I don't know. I did have had a vegan cheese and pickle sandwich today that I haven't had for years, and that was nice. Don't go any further than that. That's okay, as far okay. as I know. Okay. How's the vegan cheese? Uh, it's the smoked one, and that's not as bad as the other one. Because you just taste the smokiness. Yeah. I'm really, you know, I'm really into the idea of vegan cheese. I haven't personally found one that that does it for me yet, but. Because it doesn't exist. It's coming. (laughs) One day, one day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mentioned Come Dine With Me before, just very quickly for anybody thinking what's happening with this Patreon thing. I was thinking um, two weeks' time. <laughs> no, no, I mean we could actually do it. I don't mean we will make a decision in two oh, weeks' Oh, okay, time. I see, I see. Yeah, okay. So, and I need to wait until Succession has finished to have some, obviously, some spare time. Obviously, yeah. Not because it's most of what I think about, which is true, but just because of um, all the stuff I've got to do for the podcast so i was thinking i've already planned my main by the way really yeah honestly is it lentil bolognese no <laughs> it's not no no it's vegan cheese <laughs> sorry <laughs> because it's just two of us are we going to try and mess with each other's scores no we've got to be honest i'm going to be honest oh yeah because it could easily mm. deteriorate into a race to the bottom yeah no i'm going to be honest i think okay. i think we had to make a pledge to be honest all right, well, th- this is coming up on our Patreon uh, in the next few weeks, pre-Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Let me let me just give you a couple, a couple more things that have happened to me this week. One, you just reminded me of before. I was on the bus the other day, and I've talked about bus cam in the past, haven't I? Mm, yes. These are the little cameras that they have on the buses, so the driver can see that you're not getting up to anything. 
Mm-hmm. But on some of the buses, they also have a screen which vision mixes between the different cameras. So it's like being on the Jumbotron at a big sports event. <laughs> you get to see yourself and it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. But what happened to me the other day wasn't exciting. There was a camera positioned directly behind my head. And I understood for the first time in my life that I am now at a stage where I've got old person hair. No. What do you mean by old person me hair? Really? Do you not think that looks like an old lady's head? No. <laughs> I suppose if you t- took it, at, like if you isolated it, mm. it could be believable. But with the rest of you, you're not. You don't look like an old lady. No, but don't from behind, behind, I do. Oh no, that's a terrible shock. I know. I'm sorry you had to see that. It's also got that texture. It's getting old person hair texture. No, like dolly hair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was already distressed by seeing the back of my head on on bus cam. And then an altercation broke out just the other side of the aisle from where I was. And here's what went down. There was a young woman wearing headphones, not wearing a mask. Right. Who got onto the bus. Just in front of her was an older woman wearing a mask which is what the rules say you have to do. Mm-hmm. The young woman closes the window because she's cold. Oh, see what's coming. Yeah. The mask wearer at this point gets enraged. Yeah, yeah. Because not only are people not wearing masks and not following the rules, mm. but they, they are then closing the window so they, the air doesn't circulate properly. Yeah. And it, 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 it develops into a bit of a shouting match. What I wanted to convey and why I had to involve it, so I didn't get involved in the argument, but I wanted to convey to the woman in the mask that I thought she was in the right without the maskless woman Mm. starting on me as well. Mm -hmm. So I gave what I believed to be a nice, friendly thumbs up, but I had to kind of lean across to do it. And I'm worried that I ended up looking sinister. Can I reenact it for you? Yes, please do. So, firstly, you've got, you've got to remember I've got a mask on. Yeah. So I, I go like the, the, the woman's just like a little bit further away than you are. Yeah. I go. Oh. Does that look sinister? <laughs> sinister's not the word. What's the word? Simple. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for saying it for okay. me. Okay. Okay. No, you, you, you're literally making notes right now. <laughs> Simple old lady. <laughs> She's wandered out. She doesn't know where she is. <laughs> um, what else can I tell you about? I'd say I've barely left the house, so not much has happened. Mm-mm. And then the uh, the the other thing is, you know, our washing machine is broken. This came up last week. I yeah, think. yeah. Sarah made me go next door and do a load of laundry in next door's house. But obviously, she asked. Yes, yeah, she asked. You couldn't possibly do that. Oh no, no absolutely no, no, not. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. So I turned up in the evening with this bag bag of washing. My neighbour, who's a lovely man, said, what setting do you want to use? What? Mm-hmm. You won't know that. <laughs> I, was, I, met, I didn't realise that people knew about the settings on their washing machine. Yeah, I mean, I do, but I, I knew you didn't. Isn't there just the one you use and all the ones you don't? Yeah, of course, but w- which one is the one you use, Jeff? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> also, a big panic for me hmm. was I didn't want to presume that they uh, they would just offer up their um, laundry detergent. Oh, of course not. You want to bring your own, right? Yeah, so I yeah. brought a couple of pods with me. Yeah, yeah. I feel when I'm using the pods, I don't also need to use softener. Is that right? Uh, well, if it's a two-in-one, oh, then... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's the etiquette question. Yeah. Do you have to worry about whether your neighbour's washing machine, whether their preference is for bio or non-bio, could there be any residual <laughs> lingering uh, wrong washing powder? But hold on a minute. I'm guessing you're a non-bio guy, right? Yeah, but do you know what? Every time I go to the shop, I have to actively work to remember which one it is. Which, which one do I like again? And I, I've no idea the difference and I've no idea why I'm a non-bio guy. No, nobody Just does. over years, nobody over does. over a number of years, yeah. I've had to... Like I don't really know my left from my right. <laughs> you have to think about it. I do, every time. Really? Yeah, so... I have to put an eye patch on my son's right eye for two hours every day. Mm-hmm. And the amount of standing there, working out what's right and what's left, and then trying to figure out what that is on his body oh, that I have obviously. to go through yeah, yeah. Um, every day. And it's the same with bio and non-bio. I have to just kind of remember all the times I've asked. And at some point, the penny dropped. Non is the good one. Try Even though it feels it, like it should be the bad one. I think you've said it before. Try and think of it like biological warfare, and that's bad. Yes. And then non-bio is non-biological warfare. So. But then you could think it's like biodegradable, biodynamic. There are good, lots of good bio words. So I use the, I use the, the, the non-bio. Yeah. And then in conversation afterwards, my, my neighbour mentioned that they, uh, they use biological. And biological is if you're a bit sensitive. I don't mean emotionally, otherwise I'd be using it. But yeah. um if you've got sensitive skin, you want the biological one. No, non-biological. No, no, non-biological. You're getting confused. Can I just stop this right now? There's no yeah. residue in that washing machine. Okay. <laughs> don't need- <laughs> you don't need to worry about residue. Okay. It's very sweet that you're concerned about the residue, but there's no residue. Okay. I was sort of mildly concerned about it. And yeah. then, as I say, I haven't really left the house. Mm. I'm supposed to be talking about the socially awkward moments of my week. Mm-mm. I haven't interacted with anybody. Yeah, yeah. So here I am mm. thinking... Was there anything in that bio, non-bio thing? <laughs> Turns out there wasn't. <laughs> but what would have been better? What would have been better for me to say, I got nothing and we move on to Quandary Corner? I think Maybe it would. Maybe it would. I think you're wrong. I think there was very much a lot there. <laughs> I very think there much. was a lot there. Yeah. There was. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Okay, just putting my glasses on so I can look at the words. Right, first one is from... Oh, it's from a husband and wife couple. Oh. Holly and Philip, but not Holly um, Willoughby and Philip Schofield, sadly. Oh, a different married couple. Yeah, they're not married, are they? (laughs) Yes, a different married couple. Philip works night shift for a manufacturing plant and a few nights ago the fire alarm went off in an adjacent building while he was working so he and his co-workers evacuated the building while the small fire was dealt with by the fire department. It was not serious and there were no injuries. This happened close to midnight. While waiting outside a female co-worker asked him if he'd like to go and get some chicken as they were unable to work due to the fire. My husband declined, saying everything was likely to be closed due to the late hour, being that most businesses are no longer open late due to COVID-19. She was... COVID-19. Is that the novel coronavirus? Correct. 
She was somewhat persistent, pressing further and stating that surely he had his keys on his person that it wouldn't be a big deal. He insisted that he couldn't leave because he had to be ready to get back to work once the building was cleared and that since he's in maintenance, his job entails a fair amount of the recovery of any such incident. He thought it was strange but assumed she was joking or possibly as socially inept as he is. Later, when his shift was almost over at around 3.30am, he was discussing end of shift plans with her supervisor when she interrupted, the woman this is, and asked if he'd like to get a drink once he left. My husband replied that he needed to get home to his wife and kids. She asked again, and because he's awkward, not used to being so obviously hit on, he added something about hoping to get lucky with his wife. (laughs) She responded by saying, if your wife turns you down, you can call me. His only response was an uncomfortable laugh. He was shocked, not only at the interaction itself, but also because her supervisor was there and heard the whole conversation. Then, said supervisor gave my husband a thumbs up for his honourable, albeit awkward response to being propositioned repeatedly by a female co-worker. How should he have handled her incessant advances, asking for my drifter husband? This is unbelievable. Isn't it unbelievable? I'll tell you what he needs. What? Pepper spray. <laughs> In the face. Wow. Asking to go out for chicken. I didn't know that was a come was that 3.30 a.m.? Yeah. Where do you go for a nightcap at 3.30 a.m.? Well, we're all wondering. Maybe there are other places, but we we wouldn't know about Maybe she meant her house. Maybe she did. It it sounds very 1970s fluffy slippers stuff, doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? Yes. Carry on factory. I feel like she was harassing him a bit as well, but I think so. I mean, he, he very clearly gave the signals he wasn't interested, and she was. Not he politely go. declined. Do you remember when tabloid newspapers used to do stings mm-hmm. on? Um, it's not great now when you think about it. Different times and all that, mm-hmm. but they they would do stings on sex workers, right? And it would always end with she offered me a range of services, but I politely Polite declined. Politely, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> um, wow. Mm. So, any advice? Jeff, what would you do in that situation? Uh, I like that you find it so laughable <laughs> that anybody would ever proposition me. Imagine it's three... that we're at this stage of my life now where, I mean, let's face it, I've been at this stage of my life for nearly 50 years, but it, it's, it's like I'm a eunuch now, as I've been said to my wife. Just want you to imagine it's midnight and a girl's asking you to go out for chicken and then it, it's then 3.30 and she wants you to go out for a drink. Come on, how are you going to deal with it? I mean the the way I deal with everything. I mean, I can I can decline anything. Mm. Give give us some words. You want to do a bit of role play? Okay, Come let's on. do the role play. Okay. So so can you do the? Um, I mean, what 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 is it? What 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 is she? This vampish lady? Yeah, I can, is she vampish? I can play that. Okay, you play vampish. <laughs> right. Okay, I'll play meek. Are we going to skip the chicken and go straight to the drink? Hang on, are you in character? <laughs> No, I wasn't. Yeah, let's go for the drink. Bit, okay. So that's, that's... Philip, come on. Let's go for a drink. You've nearly finished work. Let's let's go for a drink together. Oh, my God, I'd love to. That'd be great. Oh, okay. Now? I've just got um, a few things to finish up. Can you give me five minutes? Okay, I'll wait outside. Then I'd go inside uh-huh. and I'd send her a text saying, oh, <laughs> God, <laughs> there's so much. Uh, I've just come inside here and it's a horror show. I'm going to be here probably until daybreak it's there's so much to sort out there's been this disaster with the systems because of the uh fire alarm um sorry about that have a great night okay text back 
I'm waiting in the car for you. <laughs> I don't think it was a realistic text. What? Okay. Why not? Okay, then, then I'm, I'm waiting in the car for you. Is that better? <laughs> then I'd just go under siege. Under siege. I'd stay in there. Oh, for several days if necessary. Yes. yes. Okay, Philip, yeah. where are you? That's another text. Fire exits are always good in this. Uh, when are you coming out, there's Philip? There's more than one way out of a building. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, I'd, I'd feel if she texted me like that, I'd have enough to instantly go to HR and say we've got a problem here. Can and, you deal with it? Okay, get fired. <laughs> Okay, let's go on to the next one. What would you do? Um, You're a woman, you must have been pestered. No. I know you've been pestered. Really? Yeah, yeah, we won't go into that. Um, I don't mean anything particularly dark. I'm just mean I, think, what, I just mean what would maybe 15 years ago have been told as a funny story mm. uh, in today's climate you look at and think, not great. But th- thinking back to some of those occasions, what have I done? I've gone, no. Yes. <laughs> Quite rudely. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm more polite now. I don't know. Uh, I I think I don't think he could have been any clearer. So I would struggle. I would say, oh no, I can't. Sorry, mm. uh, I'm not. I would. I'm always. My excuses are. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so tired. I've gone really. I just make excuses until they get the hint. Yes. Yeah. Never be direct. No. No. Yeah. Excuse. Yeah. That's what I do. Mm. Okay. Remember that time I almost accidentally went out with a girl when I already had a girlfriend. Because she'd misconstrued something I'd said. No. When we were doing the late night radio show, I used to go to a cafe every night and scribble down what I was going to talk about that evening. I used to have a piece of paper, A4 paper. I used to write on the top of it in pencil, in capital letters, things to talk about. And I used to just sit there thinking of things to talk about. I've often reflected on how strange that would have looked. Yes. I didn't realise at the time. So strange, yeah. Anyway, this this waitress was almost entirely sorry. This this cafe was almost entirely staffed by um, Polish waitresses, all called Aga. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Yeah. So we called like Aga one, Aga two, Aga three, <laughs> and sometimes an Aga would leave and there'd be a new Aga, and then the numbers would get rejigged. <laughs> So it wasn't like you were assigned a number for life. No, you get promoted. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Occasionally it was a non-Aga, but it, it was usually um, these young women called Agatha, Aga for short. And because I was in there a lot, and I think I'm a fairly benign presence, I'm, I'm a smiley and needy, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not imposing in any way. I want and all interactions to be short, but I'm, I'm friendly. So I think I became somewhat well-liked, mm-hmm. or at least thought of as no trouble. Mm-hmm. And and one day, one of these Agas, there was a sliding scale of Agas. Some of them were quite scary. Mm-hmm. Others less uh, nice, but, mm. but scary, if you know what I mean. Yeah. One of the scary Agas came over with a bottle of the... the <laughs> of the, uh, the, the iced tea that I used to drink and said, here, here you go, have, have this on us. And I blurted out just in, in gratitude because she, she'd given me a free drink and I didn't know what to say. Mm. I said, oh, I have to get you a drink sometime. Oh, no. Yes, I remember this. Oh, yeah. And then she said, that'd be lovely. Oh, no. And then I just went into this tailspin oh. where I would just see my life unfolding, <laughs> where I had to leave my girlfriend and move to Poland <laughs> And her family had grown up behind the Iron Curtain and, were, yeah, they, they were hardened people. Mm. You know, they, they'd had a tough life. 
They didn't like me. But there I was, and I had a new life mm. in Poland. The level of detail I remember you going into about what this alternative life would be was, yeah. was something quite shocking. I think back in the day I used to attempt to do a little role play of what her family would say with accents. But yes, no, not I've so lost much. my confidence yeah. for that kind of thing these yeah, days, and, yeah. and probably for the best. Okay. Right, let's move on to the second one. This yeah. is from Grand Chancellor Sharon. I think we've covered the first part of this, but the, not mm. the second part, mm-hmm. so we can concentrate on the second part. Mm-hmm. When invited to dinner at someone's house who you don't really know that well, and it's all arranged via email, what is the best way to advise of dietary requirements? Should you wait to be asked by the host, but they may forget, and it would be so awkward to not be able to eat the food yourself or should you just offer up this information without prompting? This just feels terribly presumptuous. Also, does the approach you advise extend to food dislikes as well as any allergies, intolerances and lifestyle choices? I've employed one of the above methods and has been fretting about it the whole week. I may have done the wrong thing. Now, I do think we've covered before whether um, the dietary requirements, veganism and vegetarianism. I don't understand lifestyle choices. Lifestyle choices. Uh, Maybe stuff like diet stuff, like you don't. Does that not Low fall calorie. The of, oh, I see what you mean. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what's interesting here is: Are you allowed? We haven't covered this. Are you allowed to say? And this would be unprompted. Can't wait to see you. By the way, um, I don't like any foods with onions in. So here's here's what I do because I have got a weird thing, and it's very difficult to explain. I've talked about it a lot before. Where if you were to bake me a cake. Mm-hmm. It's very likely you would have used an egg in that. Mm-hmm. Fine. If you were to make me a quiche, I'd throw up. Mm-hmm. They've got a weird thing with egg. Yeah. And I'm vegetarian. Yeah. So when you're vegetarian, people will often think, oh, I'll do a quiche or a tortilla or something like that. Right. I mean, maybe less so in 2021 than they did in mm. yeah, some years ago. <laughs> but but that's, that's, a, that's often yeah. a go-to for people. So I send a message a few days before saying, really looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Um, just to let you know, I'm veggie and to be super annoying. Um, I've got a bit of a weird thing with eggs, but I don't want to be any bother. I'm really happy to bring something along uh, or even just have whatever everybody else is having and have the side dishes. It's no, it's no fuss at all. I, d- I don't want to be any fuss at all. That's perfect. Because what you're doing is you're making about your... You're you being annoying. Yes. You're putting it all yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're offering to bring food yourself, yes. offering just to have the side dishes. Yeah. You're not making, not being devious about it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, be horrified if somebody just served me side dishes or expected me to bring <laughs> my own food. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think I've behaved in an exemplary way there. I think that's excellent. And I think I don't need to add anything else. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Please send us your quandaries for Quandary Corner, your stories of poor poor social interaction or skulking out. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And this week's podcast for a very long time, listeners, is uh, is dedicated to the memory 
Oh, little Lyca, bless her. Rest in peace. Podication time. Before we get onto podication, actually, can I just wish all the best to our friend Jack McMorrow, who is having a little procedure. Oh, okay. Jack, we're thinking of you. Yep. We salute you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't mean to let Jack um, gate crash the podication here, but I, I just uh, saw that information. Yep. It's breaking news as we're recording, so we wish Jack all the best. This comes from another familiar name. Mm. The lovely Brit Arend, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hi. I would like to send in a podcast for my eldest son, Sol. He isn't a listener. I understand. Mm, it's fine. But he does get to hear bits of the podcast occasionally if I give him a lift somewhere in my car. I think if you're going to play in bits from today's podcast... I'd, I'd lean heavily on Annabelle's bits. No. no. <laughs> um, Sol went through a marriage breakup three years ago when his wife left. Ever since then, he's been a single dad caring equally um, to the mum for his little daughter, now five years old, and balancing full-time work with her care. Seeing him grow as a father has been such a joy. He shared all the hom- homeschooling, Throughout lockdown, bringing out an artistic, creative side to him that he didn't know he had. Let me tell you something, Brett. I've always suspected that I might have one, and then if home homeschooling has taught me anything, oh. it's that I don't. <laughs> right. In the early, most painful days, uh, when he had to get to uh, get used to the nights she was with her mom and not reading her bedtime stories, he watched YouTube videos to learn how to do her hair for nursery and school. So lovely. That's so nice. So nice. It's never occurred to me. How easily? How easy does it go when you wash Rudy's hair? Oh, it's, it's, it's hell on earth. I'd yeah. have to do it like annually. It's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, nowadays, he frequently works night shifts in the time she's with mum, so work continued to allow him to take time off to pick her up and take her to school when he has her. Running is his hobby, and he is an excellent runner, both road running and fell running. He was often winning his races. Um, he manages to get some runs in each week, but only rarely gets a chance to be involved in competitions nowadays. Living next to the countryside, they spend a lot of time out in the fields and woods together, walking with their dog. They watch the stars together at night and the cows in the field behind their little house. He bakes with her and they are often making cakes and cookies. He's the audience for her plays and she always wakes him up at the crack of dawn to sing to him, making up her own songs. He's often found covered in paint stickers or glitter as dads probably are these days, along with the usual teaching her to ride her bike and to swim. He makes sure she eats healthy, making her meals with fresh vegetables, preparing her porridge from scratch before school, or homemade pancakes as a treat with her favourite strawberries and blueberries. He's learned how to plait. Did you say plait her hair? Yeah, plait yeah. her hair. Mm. And it looks as good as any of the other little girls' hair, done generally by mums. She proudly tells her friends, my daddy did my hair. 
He recently got in trouble with mum, the mum, for forgetting to take a photo of her before school for her first day back of the new term. He does a lot of juggling and it's not easy to get everything right. He has no real time yet to begin a new relationship and with the lockdowns too. He's managed to endure a lot of emotional pain and he's managed to do a good job despite it. He supports his little girl in every way he can with all the love in his heart as he has from the minute she was born. It's lovely. He's not perfect. He forgets things sometimes, but he does his best. He's modest, quite shy, and I am so very proud of him. And so this podication is for Saul. Try just identify this feeling. It's deep inadequacy. Oh, you don't need to do a plat yet. You're just fine. so much of that stuff. I mean, it just sounds amazing. Yeah. Do you know what I tell myself as a cop out? Mm. All they need is love. You just got to give them love, attention, make sure they feel heard, make sure they feel secure. You do all those things. No, I don't. You do. What? I'm going to make porridge from scratch. I don't think so. What? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I do things. Mm. But. Mm. Can your son ride a bike? Yes. How did yeah. they learn to do that? I got a man in. Oh. <laughs> I did. I hired a guy called Bicycle George. I didn't know that was a thing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you outsource yeah. your, your dadhood. Yeah. Right. I'm very present. You are very present. But I think that's sort of as far as it goes. We talk a lot, mm. like a lot. That's what all kids want. Well, I'm looking at what Sol does Yeah, there. true, true. They want the baking <laughs> oh. and the activities. The porridge from scratch, mm. the cows, yeah. the stars. Mm. We, we go to the zoo sometimes. There you go. There you go. But he does sound great. He sounds amazing. That's a lovely prodication. I it love really that. is. Yeah. I can tell that you're dead proud of him, Brett. And, uh, you know, I can also tell that. He's, he's, he's had a time of it. Yeah. And he, yeah. he's risen to the occasion. And that's. Uh, that's great. I haven't even had the time of it and I haven't risen to the occasion. <laughs> I'm going to get better. <laughs> I don't need to. You don't need to. You're fine. I want to say your, your, your lover, Tom, the other day, we Boyfriend. were hanging out with that thing we were talking about last week. Yeah. He was so great at roughhousing with them. Yeah, but it always ends in tears. Always. But he's, he's such a... It's not just that he's young. Because mm. when I was his age, I didn't have that much energy. Mm-hmm. I just think I don't. I haven't got that to offer. It's not. It's not your deal. You've got other things to offer. But I'm worried that what I've got to offer is the Beatles. <laughs> it does look an quite extensive, a lot about the Beatles, but Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was listening to Get Back the other day. He went, "Daddy, is this from their last album?" Said it was the last one they released, but actually not the last one they recorded, which was happy. <laughs> right, right. So I'll test him on that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But... And then I should check in on his spelling, which isn't great, but I've been putting less effort into that, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, there we go. Uh, Brett, that was lovely. Sol, well done. It's the latest session of the podcast, podicated to, to Sol from Brett. And if you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Lovely. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.